is Anna and Morella and welcome to Blooming Boomers and today's guest is Donna Becker from Vancouver's Perez Center. So Donna, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I was born in New York, grew up in Brooklyn. I came to Vancouver in 1970. I got my citizenship the second I was legally able to. And I joined the Vancouver Jewish Folk Choir in 1995. That choir is part of the Parrot Center. And through that, I joined the board there. And eventually, I was offered the coordinator job, which has now morphed into um, executive director. Mm-hmm. So that took a while. Yeah, well, I started working there in 2002. Okay. And so it's, I've been there a long time, yeah. Well, you know a lot. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You know the history, you know the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about Perez Center. How did it come about? What is its history, objective, membership? Well, it was started in 1945. Well, first of all, I'll say that it's named after I.L. Peretz, who is one of the three fathers of Yiddish literature. And one of the three you will never have heard of, probably. And the second one you will have heard of, Sholem Alechem. So those three guys are considered that. And what that means is that they started writing literature in Yiddish. And they were the first people to do that, like everywhere in Europe a few centuries earlier, where people started writing in the vernacular and they're, you know, they kind of made a change. Not only democratized literature, but also previously it was all written in Hebrew and that was kind of the liturgical language and it was what the men spoke in the synagogue. But Yiddish is the, we call it mamaloshin, which means the mother language. And it was the the language spoken at home. And all of a sudden now reading was open to women. And so it was also, besides democratizing it, it also made literature accessible to women. And there's tons of Yiddish literature, romances and love stories and stuff from medieval times that I haven't read, but I know about. And so a lot of the progressive Jewish organizations are called Parrot Center or like the Boston Workmen Circle. Their choir is called the Parrot's Choir. So a lot of the Yiddishy places are named after him. So after the Holocaust, a group of people in Vancouver, mostly I think coming out of the Jewish Bund, which I can say what is if, if you don't know. But yeah, well, um, what is that? Blend? Bund. Bund. Yeah, I think it means like a bundle, you know, and because there's a German bund also. And because Yiddish started as a dialect of German, it's its own language now. But the bund was a progressive Jewish organization differentiated from the Communist Party pretty much by the fact that it was Jewish. And so it was people who wanted the progressive agenda, but they didn't want the assimilation. So that was Ah. in Europe. and since Yiddish culture was pretty much destroyed in the Holocaust, this group of Vancouver people who were kind of, I guess, socialists, communists, some businessmen like accountants and things who probably weren't, but they were all people very interested in keeping Yiddish culture alive and Yiddish language alive for as long as it possibly could, because there was no cultural center anymore with Warsaw and Vilna both being destroyed. Now, yeah, now having no Jews left. So that's how it started. And it started in a building 
a house on Broadway, I think, where the Toys R Us are now. Oh. It was way before my time. And eventually it moved to where it is now at 45th and Ash. And at that time, it was all bush. They got the land for cheap. They built a long, low building. And then in 2000 or so, they sold part of the land to developers. And the developer built us our current building. And they made condos on the rest. And that's where we are now. And of course, that area is now probably the densest. It's becoming the densest neighborhood, maybe after the West End. But mm-hmm. um, so it, in not that many years, it just went from total bush swampland to wow. highly urban. So I guess that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Yeah, no, that's, current- that's amazing. You know, it has grown quite a bit. And it's interesting, the Yiddish community, because, or language and culture, because I think there's a revival, because a lot of us, you know, the older generations, uh, I know in my home, more the Yiddish than the Hebrew, Mm -hmm. right? And the younger generation, most of them, or a lot of them, don't know Yiddish. They're more Hebrew, right? Mm -hmm. And that is kind of one of the tensions in the Jewish community between the people who consider Israel their home base now, even though they were born and raised in Canada, but it's their cultural home and they drop Hebrew words all the time. And there is a Yiddish revival happening around this in the States. So I hear we all say that, you know, how come it's missed Vancouver, except interestingly enough, during this COVID period, I mean, we're going to talk about COVID later, I guess, but for the first time ever, Sometimes we can't even run our beginner's Yiddish class, but this time I think we have seven people starting, and that's a first in my tenure there. So maybe people are, you know, want to learn a foreign language. Okay, I might as well learn the one of my grandparents. Yes. So. I, yeah, because that's how it is for a lot of them. For me, it's my parents, and, you know, it's the generational, to some extent, divide, whereas for them, it's the grandparents, great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. So maybe... So what does Parent Center offer to the community? What kind of benefits, services, emotional? So when Parrots was started, well, there's a Jewish migration that started in Montreal, to Toronto, to Winnipeg, to Vancouver. And when all those Winnipeg people arrived in the 40s and early 50s, the only choices in Vancouver were the three major long time, like been around forever since rabbinical times options, which is orthodox, reform and conservative. And there was nothing else. So if you weren't interested in a religious approach, you basically didn't have a Jewish life. And that was part of the aim that the people started it with. And that's what's still happening today. It's for people who want to be around other Jews from time to time, who want to celebrate holidays, who want to their children to have to understand their history and culture, but just don't want rabbis and shuls and Hebrew and some of the other problems that go with orthodoxy. And and now, of course, there's so many choices. It's one of our challenges now is that there's so many choices. But I hear from the old people that back in the day, people would say, well, what's happening at the parrots on Saturday? It wasn't like what should we do on Saturday? And then they could go to a movie or they could go to a show or they could go to a dinner from some other Jewish place. Or So we still think of ourselves as a home for secular humanist Jews who are interested in still holding on to Jewish culture. 
So what we have, our Sunday school dies and is reborn, but it's a challenge because, you know, soccer, basketball, music lessons, one day a week where the kids aren't scheduled. Sunday school is right now not happening, but we have a very unique bar and bat mitzvah program, and that thrives. And we have the Vancouver Jewish Folk Choir. We have a seniors program that used to be called the Sholem Aleichem Seniors, but now is called Sholem Aleichem Speaker Series. And just backtracking a little bit, parrots used to be on the fringes of the Jewish community. And during my tenure, the Jewish Federation and the parrots demographic have softened the lines a little bit and they don't hate us as much and we don't hate them as much and you know we actually do joint partnerships with them and you know I hear that in the old days if other people's schools got ten dollars a student parrots got five dollars because you're not really Jewish but recent administrations in the Jewish Federation have understood that parrots is not the step out of the Jewish community it's the thing that's holding people in the Jewish community because yes. the next step would be, I don't want shul, I therefore nothing. So yes. the real relationship has developed a lot. So in the old days, we were always known as the most intellectual seniors program. And, you know, that was sort of an attraction for some and a barrier for others. <laughs> but, you know, they always have a guest speaker. It's sometimes on Jewish topics, sometimes not. We have another program called uh, exploring Jewish writers that's been going for about a year and is really successful. And then we have holiday celebrations. Once a month, we have a Shabbos dinner, which of course is now on Zoom. It doesn't include dinner, but, and we celebrate all the major holidays and we have 150 people come to our Passover Seder pretty much every year, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but I have to ask, it sounds so interesting, especially your seniors program. Is the Parrot Center open to anyone? Or Absolutely. Have- it's open to anyone. And if you want me to put you on the list to get a Zoom invitation, I can certainly do that. Oh. I, I mean, I can't do it, but I can take your, your information. But for one thing, one of the issues in the Jewish community has always been the mixed marriage issue. Oh, very and I'm, sh- yeah. I'm sure you know that. And Again, the current administration in the Jewish Federation is understanding that that's the way of the world. And all the surveys that are done in the States, the big Pew surveys, and the ones done in Canada, all the StatsCan surveys are showing that that's the way things are going. And, well, Peretz has always said, you know, if you have any identification with Jewish history or culture, if you enjoy it, if you like klezmer music, We've had Love kids. Music. Yes. <laughs> We've had we had one girl on our Benemis for program some years ago. Her mother married a Jewish man and she was interested in learning about his culture. So she joined. We're welcoming to everybody. Oh, and that's we really have, nice. Yeah. And we have an Asian man now who comes to the seniors and a woman from Madagascar, you know, because they live in the neighborhood and they started coming just for something to do. And it's an interesting program. So well, you know. That's just it, the intermarriages. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of the world everywhere, Mm -hmm. but certainly in North America. So if, Mm -hmm. as Jews, if we want to retain at least the culture, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, not, you know, necessarily the religious aspect, then we have to Mm -hmm. be welcoming. So that's good to hear that as organizations are opening up to that and welcoming. So that is good. 
it seems to be working. Parrot Center actually draws people, and it is a community. Yeah, it is a community. You asked me how I would define community, and I've been struggling yes. with that. I don't really know. I think some of the things that make it feel like a community to me is that, first of all, the people care about each other. Mm. There's a whole range of ages. And, oh, that's what I was going to say before, that as a cultural organization, like I belong to a synagogue, and a lot of people do. I mean, we have everybody from very religious people to totally devout atheists, and and that's up to the person. If you want to learn deep Bible study, you know, go to a synagogue. We can't do that. But if you want to learn about the great names in Jewish literature, come to us. We have worked with synagogues in the past, and like the choir has performed, or we've worked sponsoring a Yiddish evening or something, but, and we don't disrespect people's. In Jewish law, right. you're Jewish if you have a Jewish mother. And you could have Jewish fathers all the way back to King David, but you're still not Jewish if your mother isn't. You have to convert. But my synagogue is the second one in, and this isn't the parrots, this is my religious place, is the second one in Canada to recognize patrilineal descent. The other one is the big temple in Montreal, the Reformed Temple. And in the States, a lot of the Reformed Temples, some of them do and some of them don't. So it's not dictated by the central whatever they have there. You know, and sort of that brings me to another question. The Red Center in Vancouver versus other secular or cultural, humanistic and so on organizations across North America. How is it different, same, anything you, you, you know, you notice? There are some umbrella groups that include the Parrot Center and so let's say siblings and cousins, like the Workman Circle is in it. There's a big umbrella group, and then there are two smaller ones, and they just changed the name. I think it's Cultural and Secular Jewish Organizations. Our tax-free status is because we're an educational institution, and in fact, we consider everything we do educational. Like the adult programs, it's, that's why we always have guest speakers and you know language classes and things like that. And there's the Society for Humanistic Judaism, and they have a more congregational model. They follow the same way a synagogue did, except they don't have God. So they may say, I don't actually know the language that they use to replace God, but a lot of the liturgy has been rewritten. So back to the community's question, because we have all ages and families and, you know, old people, and because we kind of take care of each other a little bit emotionally. Like we had a Friday night dinner last night, Friday night, and one we have it once a month. And of course it's on Zoom. And one of our long-term, not founders, but shortly thereafter, and very active person, Claire Ozipov, who's also, you know, she's a kind of famous person. She passed away about a year, no, not even a year. It was in the spring. And it was her birthday the other day. So her three kids came to it. And we all spent a lot of the time talking about our memories of Claire. And she used to lead the Friday night. So that's what I mean. Like we have an emotional closeness. And part of that comes from the, let's say, the ghetto mentality of the past. But part of it just comes from the fact that we do stuff together. Now, how far you have to go, like where the line is between just being... The word chavara means like a friendship group. 
be, be beyond being a chavara to um, to a community. I'm not sure really exactly what defines a community. I think sometimes the word community is tossed around, like the Democratic Party community or something. It's not really a community. It just happens to be people who vote the same way or something. But I think I think there's a personal aspect to community that we have. But that's as best as I can answer that question. Do you like that answer, Mirella? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to define community, isn't it? Except I liked what you said about people caring for each other. I think, and that it's like you create family out of people that come together for whatever reason. Maybe it's for company or for education or to share a common goal, like you said, the choir, but then to become caring of one another. It's kind of another, I guess community could be another word for family, commune, family, community. But then I think when I think about that definition of community, I think, so if the choice was on the street or not, my family would take me in. But would my parents' people take me in? Don't know. Yeah, that's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes family doesn't take you in. <laughs> that's true. I hate to that's tell true. you that. That's true. <laughs> it all depends, right? Right? Yeah. Well, my family would, but I don't know if my community would or not. I Luckily, know. haven't had to test it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think that as a person who doesn't know a lot about the Jewish faith or community or culture, I didn't realize that you have organizations that are secular because. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear Jewish and I always think it's a religion, but then I think of a lot of attributes that I, I put on Jewish communities, like we all make chicken soup and, you know, the Jewish mother, we have these stereotypes and cliches. And I think, well, that's not religious, that's cultural. That's like, like Italian women or mm -hmm. like that. And then I, I realize it quite hard with Jewish because it's not just a religion it can be a secular culture as well and that's a tension in the Jewish community always has been since the Jewish enlightenment in the 18th century that tension has been there you know like what is a Jew I mean that's one of the topics our B'nai Mitzvah classes tackle if you just go to shul on Yom Kippur, it's a religious involvement. But are you as Jewish as someone who goes to the Parrot Center every week? I mean, you know, people talk about that That's stuff. Funny. And one thing that I always want to explain, and I'm going to explain now, is people say the Jewish faith. And that's uh, where the confusion comes in. Because Jews don't have a faith. Jews obey laws. You don't have to believe in God. The religious people do, but your internal process is not in question. It's your behavior. So it's very different from, wow. you know, Jesus made a, a reform of that. And whether it was a good reform or not, nobody, I, I don't know. But in saying that your thoughts matter. In Judaism, your thoughts don't really matter. I mean, they sort of matter because you want to be a good person. But if you obeyed all those laws, you'd be considered a pious Jew. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. Wow. Yeah, maybe believing in God is one of the laws. I'm not that versed. But calling it a faith is kind of 
just kind of paralleling from the other religions, because we consider, I say we, I mean the the secular community and the vast majority who don't do any organized Jewish stuff, we consider ourselves a people or an ethnic group. That's what I consider ourselves. Yeah, you know, myself, it's more cultural and it's more people versus the religious because that to me is also rules-based. I mean, there's emotion to it too and belief. Um, as opposed to the culture, as in music, plasmer, food, humor. And to me, when I think of my childhood, that, as far as the Jewish side, that is what defined being Jewish. Yes, it, it is contentious. I have a very, well, for New York Jews, for sure, a not uncommon background of, like, one side of the family is communists and the other side is religious. And so <laughs> my parents saw each other as the escape, I guess. So that's interesting. You know, the other thing that I've always found interesting is this similarity between a lot of things that Italians do, especially like New York Italians and New York Jewish, like. The women, they kind of rule the roost and they have a whole little brigade of women that monitor neighborhoods and they all make chicken soup when you're sick. I find that an interesting sort of cultural parallel that I we can identify. Maybe that's why I like Anna so much. I'm Italian and she's got the Jewish culture. In New York, I can't tell the difference. Often. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, our accents have melded. You know, uh, New York accent is part Italian and part Jewish. Um, That's interesting. Well, you know what? Even in Montreal, we do the same thing. Sometimes we mistake Italians for Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute, great. I think. <laughs> so what do you think the future is for your organization at the Parrot Center? It's hard to say because the young families that are coming and bringing their kids, they want their kids to have a Jewish peer group and they want their kids to understand their history and their heritage but they're not interested in Yiddish. They understand that the Jewish world has opted for Hebrew and they're not interested in the old songs. And they, you know, they're just, yeah, it's a- um, sad. <laughs> unfortunately, I think it's a trend because Parrots used to be a very volunteer-based organization. Like when you say the old ladies making the chicken soup, which by the way, <laughs> I'm making tonight. And- um, <laughs> Although I certainly have more vegetables than my grandmother's chicken soup had. But they would come there all the time and cook big brisket banquets and stuff and set tables and take reservations. And as the attrition is happening in that generation, my generation is not stepping up to do that kind of stuff because there's too many other things to do that are more interesting or less and less demanding or whatever their reason is. So it means that we have to pay for more things that we used to get have volunteers to do, which means we have to have revenue, which means that the parrots, which is an expensive building to run, we have to rent it out all the time, you know, which means that part of my job is dealing with rentals, not dealing with Jewish culture. So it's hard to say. We are talking now at the board level on calling it Jewish cultural renewal. And we have three new people coming on the board, two of whom 
reduced the average age by considerable amounts. So that's where we're going to be trying to move in the next little while is just figuring out how to do that. We've gotten some ideas and that haven't developed yet, which is like adult bar and bat mitzvah program, like secular bar and bat mitzvah program, or somebody gave us an idea of difficult conversations for like young adults, things like circumcision or patrilineal descent or Israel that you can't normally talk about in a lot of Jewish settings. So we probably will go ahead with that as soon as we have the internal resources to do it. So, you know, there are some kind of natural allies in the Jewish community. And I'm thinking specifically of Or Shalom, because even though they're quite religious there, a lot of their people are not religious or not believers. They're just, they just want to be in that kind of setting. And, you know, or they may have grown up in a religious home and it's nostalgia for them. but they're happy to work with us, whereas other places, maybe not so much still, as the old people still say, oh, they're a nest of communists. I, wouldn't have, I, wouldn't. <laughs> I, I still hear that, believe it or not. I wouldn't go there. They're all communists there. Wow. So, so those people are, you know, on their way out of this planet or this plane, and we'll see how the Jewish community evolves. Our main hope is to keep attracting younger people. So that's what we intend to do. So. I hope you do. It it sounds like a great center, the Parrot Center, and I will put myself on your list. Some of those topics are just fascinating. I know that Anna and I like to talk big philosophical, huge world kind of vision. We do. And, and I think it might be part of that culture because I think the Italians like to expound uh-huh. on big, big topics. And so I find that really interesting. Then maybe yeah. we should do a combo Italian-Jewish thing. <laughs> well, that's an I'm, idea. I think it's a great idea. I mean, we have done combo with Russians. We have a big Latin American Jewish festival every few years mm-hmm. with Italians. Sure, why not? We have a lot in common. And there was a huge Jewish community in, in Italy, and they have their own language. They don't speak Yiddish, and they oh. don't speak Latino, the other major language. They had their own language. And there's actually one living in Vancouver that I know about. Oh, that's interesting. That would be fascinating. Wait till COVID is over and I can meet them. Oh, I was going to ask you what it's like during COVID. Well, two programs, the Shalom Aleichem speakers and the Jewish books have gone on to COVID and are doing twice as good as they were doing in person. They're getting like 20, 25 people. The choir is doing training, skill training online, which we can do like ear training, music reading training. So the choir is keeping going. And our B'nai Mitzvah program is going to be hybrid. Like with some kids not wanting to come in, they'll be on Zoom and some kids are in person. And the same with our Yiddish language classes. So we're sort of using Zoom and we are increasing our technical capacity now to be able to have two things happening at the same time, both using Parrot Zoom. Great. Um, but we miss each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. that in person. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you know what? It's been a pleasure, Donna. We're going to do it again. Yes. I like, Mirella, the Italian angle to it. And if yes. Donna likes yeah. it, Happy New Year. I do. I do. It's so know, much fun. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, anyone, whether you're Jewish, Nick, want to explore the Italian Jewish, <laughs> 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 the Jewish culture, 
Parrot Center will put down, will include the address Parrot Center in Vancouver for Thank anyone you. interested. So it's Anna. And Morella. For the Blooming Boomers. Until next time, bye all.